Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Something all speed behind it. Ground ball left side. Oh, stabbed it short by Dickerson across the diamond. Oh, what a play. He got him. Oh, man. That's as good as I've seen this year. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time again for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from Other Mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. Guys, it's episode 13 titled No Games Off because our man, our guest, Southern Miss baseball star Dustin Dickerson, that dude don't take any days off. You're about to get his story. You're going to understand why it's titled No Games Off because the dude is just a stud, got a great story. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week, our man, Southern Miss baseball star Dustin Dickerson. Dustin, my man, what is going on? First of all, let me say thank you for coming on. We are fortunate to have you, but how are you tonight? Good. Uh, blessed to be on here. Uh, can't wait to talk some baseball and have some fun with you guys. Absolutely. We're going to start off with the fun first, baseball second. We got to start off with some things that we know, you know, get you going. Let's get some icebreakers in here. So Jim kind of mentioned it before we came on, having a Southern Miss guest has been a long time coming. Uh, you're the first one. You're popping the chair here for Southern Miss baseball players. So we're going to have to judge your answers. We're going to judge the whole Southern Miss baseball program. We're going to judge uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Everybody's getting judged based on what your answers are, Dustin. So there's no pressure. No pressure. We're going to start it off with this. Favorite musician or band? Oh, Lil Baby for sure. You know. I go with him. That's my guy all the time. Bet. Bet. Okay. Okay. So. Little baby, what's your favorite little baby song? Like you want to get hype, what's the one you put on? Uh, I'm probably going pop out off his new album with uh, Nardo Wick. You know, I do like it. I have teenage kids, so I've I've heard all the little babies. Gets <laughs> hype, gets us hype. I, you know, we got softball player in the family, so we definitely have some walkout songs. The little baby, you gotta censor a lot of little babies though. Yeah, you do. You gotta you gotta get the clean version, but uh, you do. not that when you're in the car that. by yourself. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. All right, so what's the last concert you went to? Oh, uh, Jason Aldean in New Orleans uh, in about November, I went. All right, Dustin, come clean, man. You, you, <laughs> how many girls was there, dog? What was the ratio? We're talking like 80-20? Uh, uh, probably 85-15. I've been to a Jason Aldean concert. That's why I already knew the answer to the question. My man, be he brings them out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah All right. Does. So what's your favorite Jason Aldean song? Ooh, you have uh, actually, yeah. Uh, I know I got some slower ones I like, but uh, I got one that gets me going. It's actually my pitching walk up song, Lights Come On. It gets me going a little bit, so uh, I like, I like it. I can get down yeah. with some Jason Aldean and Lil Baby, so I'm like you, man, yeah. versatile, baby. Yeah, I can listen to it all. 
Bad. All right, man. So the next question is, what's your favorite movie of all time? Ooh, uh, Creed 2. I know Creed 3 finna come out. Can't wait to go watch that. But You're going to watch Creed it in two. the theater when it comes out? Yeah. I'm not a big movie theater guy, but that one come out, I got to go. Bet, bet. All right. So you said Creed 2. Do you have a favorite baseball movie being a baseball guy? Uh, Probably, probably the Sandlot. Uh, Brings me back to when I was a little kid watching that a bunch. Uh, yeah, that one, that one sticks he, out the most he, to me. He won me over easily just with that, that answer. No, no doubt. <laughs> Sandlot's a solid answer. A lot of good – there's so many good baseball movies, man, but that's a solid one. So, what's the last – you said you're not a big movie theater guy. What's the last movie you went to in a theater? Avatar, that last Avatar. I went with uh, my girlfriend's family. We went man. and uh, they talked me into going to that, and that was probably the longest movie I've ever sat through. Bruh. <laughs> I don't feel terrible six times. I done took a nap, and I woke up yeah. the next morning, took a shower, came back. The movie's still on. Yeah, I took about forty-five minute nap, and her dad asked me if, I, if the movie was good. <laughs> yeah, oh, what did you What did you say? Just curious. I said, "Yeah, I said, yeah, it's look, it looks great." And you <laughs> lied to that man right to his face. <laughs> oh. The best part was we saw it in three D, so I had the glasses on, so you couldn't tell if I was asleep or not. Anyway, oh, we didn't have all three D. We just went straight up. Look, my kids already know if I take them to a movie, like don't even look over here. I'm I'm smooth. Like, cause now we got the movie theater seats that like recline all the way back. Mm-hmm. And it's a wrap. Like once I get a little bet food on my belly, now they got a cafe in there. They bring you chicken and yep. oh, man, it's a wrap. I'm it's over. Don't even look over here. I had but, some uh, uh si- some sour worms and a Dr. Pepper. I got that in me and I was out. It's bad. See, that's what I do too. I start off, might get something to eat depending on, but I'm always going to get the sour worms. Got to get the big Dr. Pepper with the free yep. refills that I can't even get another refill because as you get older, you can't hold it. I got to go pee like six times. And that <laughs> messes up my nap, Dustin. So I can't be doing all that. All right. Last question before we go to Daniel. Favorite athlete growing up? Probably Manny Machado. Still my favorite one to this day. Manny Machado, that is a first-time answer. Not a bad one at all, though. Machado, he's he's him. He's that dude. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Manny Machado. Why do you think it's Manny Machado, or why is it Manny Machado? Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, my dad coaches in the major leagues and uh, coaches for the Phillies right now. But when I was growing up, he was with the Orioles and uh, coached Manny when uh, he just got drafted by the Orioles when he was 17 and then uh, – all the way up through the minor leagues. And then when Manny got caught up to the big leagues, my dad actually got a promotion to the big league club. So uh, I grew up with him for like 10 years and uh, I got him in my phone, my contacts and we're, we're boys. So uh, Hold up. that's my is, favorite. Is he the most famous person you have in your phone? Uh, Yeah, probably. Probably. So like, yeah, I mean, you got Jason Aldean in there. No, I ain't got Jason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, Manny, Manny's up there. Little baby not in there? No, but little baby ain't in there. I'd be backstage at a concert. <laughs> All right, Dustin, man. Let's let's get into it, dude. Let's get to your story. Um, obviously, you know, you're Hattiesburg now, but you, you mentioned dad, you know, being a, a you know MLB coach. Um, imagine the travel and, and things like that, kind of just the nature of what comes with that um can be crazy um not maybe what you know you you typically get so tell me a little bit about growing up where are you from 
Uh, I'm from Laurel, about 35 minutes away from Hattiesburg. Uh, yeah, it's just I played baseball around there my whole life. He he really he rarely was there. There's a lot of late night calls. Uh, I remember winning some tournaments with my buddies, and they would always have a picture, be able to take a picture uh, with a trophy with their dad. And I would always wish that I could take one with mine. But uh, yeah, it definitely it's probably helped me mature as a man, uh, being the only boy in the in the house growing up. But uh, he's also taught me everything I know about the game, so I can't complain that much. So you, you you talk about him, but you also talk about being the only boy in the house. Do you have sisters? Yeah, I got one sister. She's uh she's actually living in Miami right now. So she older, younger? Older. Older. So you're not only are you the baby, but you are, you know, the the predecessor of the the name. And you know, with dad you know, collegiately playing at Nichols State and then in minor leagues and now the assistant coach for the Phillies. Um, you know, what was it like? Was there pressure um, from him or pressure you put on yourself to kind of live up to that? Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit, but uh, he always told me when I was little, he said, uh, man, uh, I'm not going to make you play baseball just because uh, this is what I do. I want you to love it. Uh, if you love it, then I'm all for it, and I'll help you mature as a, a player. And uh, obviously, I've grown to love it a lot. And uh, you know, maybe maybe when I was little, growing up through high school, I didn't get all all the recognition that I I, I wanted to. I was a smaller guy, so I was probably I was putting a little pressure on myself. I was like, you know, I'm this major league baseball coach's son who uh, can't hit a home run or can't hit a double, but. Uh, now that uh, I've grown up a little bit, I, I take the pressure off of it and uh, just play. Yeah, I mean, at what point did you start growing? Yeah, or at what point did you start playing baseball? Because to me, it seems like, you know, with what your dad brings to the table, it's like you're coming out of the womb with, with a glove, a ball, and a bat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know there's pictures of me when I was like two holding a bat and trying to play all the time. And then when I was like three or four, he was managing in double A. So I was on the bus with him uh, on the field pregame. I was their bat boy doing all that stuff. Nice. So obviously you spend your time. I mean, obviously baseball is the thing. Were there any other sports that you play? Uh, you know, I actually played basketball up until seventh grade, just elementary stuff. Uh, in high school, I was asked to be the quarterback, but uh, didn't really want to. I was like I said, I was small. I was I was honestly I was scared. Didn't want to go out there and get beat up. But uh looking back, I wish I was would have played quarterback and basketball. So uh definitely missed those times. I like his honesty though. Yeah, I mean it's if you never played before, like I can see how it can there can be some fear and apprehension, but obviously like, you know, with with all things, it seems like you've you've taken the, the best route. Um so, you know, take me back to that time. Obviously, you, you were asked to play quarterback in high school, but what high school was it? Uh, West Jones, which is right outside of Laurel in a little town called Soso, uh, 5A school. Uh, we were actually really good at all sports, basketball, baseball, football. Won state championship my senior year in uh, baseball and lost the state championship in football. So, Man, I mean, 
you know, we, you know, through the research, I mean, there's a, there's a lot out there as far as your accolades and in and, and your career in high school. I mean, you were not only a shortstop, you know, a dominant infielder, but you also could get it done on the mound. Pitching in your high school career, you went 18 and two. You had a 1.3 ERA, which is just ridiculous. Your senior year alone, all right, you earned Mississippi Association Coaches Player of the Year, All District Player of the Year, and you hit no big deal 314, nine doubles, two home runs, 26 RBIs, and you threw um, for an eight and one record. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, makes makes you elite it puts you on this this level and trajectory that's just different from other players um so let's let's start with with this you know of the pitching of the infield which do you like better would you rather get some time on the bump or you're you're good sitting back playing the infield holding it down yeah i'm i'm good playing short for nine innings or or if it was up to me, I'd play eight innings and then come in and throw as hard as I could for one inning. But uh, Close uh we might – I think that's what we're uh, looking for uh, this year. I might get a little time on the back end. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I love playing shortstop, man. I love hitting. Uh, I don't know. I mean, hitting is the hardest thing in the world to do. So, And I'm decent at it, so I, I might as well keep doing it. If he gets it look kind of easy. Yeah, if he gets to do that, <laughs> we, we talked to Jack Brannigan about it from Notre Dame. It's such an interesting dynamic. You're over there in the infield, and then the, the coach gives you the heads up that you're fixing a pitch in a minute. That's just it's, it's so crazy. Why would we yeah. talk about Jack Brannigan? Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Hey, this dude eliminated my team. I don't want to hear it. So did Jack Brannigan, almost single-handedly. <laughs> so, Dustin, what is – was that a conversation that you had with the coach? I'm just curious where you go, hey, you know, I feel like I can throw a little bit and help us help us win more games because it's not like you guys aren't winning at a high level. Like you're you're the best team in Mississippi um, for the majority of the season. It took a miraculous entry into the tournament and a, and a hot streak for Ole Miss to really do what they did. Um so is that a conversation that you spark with the coach or does the coach come to you and go, Hey Dustin, I think we might try to do this this year. Uh, so, yeah. So at a high school, obviously I was probably more dominant as a pitcher in high school. So I, I was a dual guy coming to college. Uh, my freshman fall, I, uh, I closed in our uh, fall games against Alabama and uh, William Carey, uh, we went to Christmas break, and I was supposed to be our midweek guy. I don't want to season. I don't want to jump too far into the college. Jim's going to get to that. I was just curious if that was oh, a conversation okay, that you guys had prior to going, or that's something that you initiated. Um, uh, yeah, that was just we've had. It's been the plan all along. Gotcha. So, um, you know, talking a little bit more about you know your your high school career. You saw success at both, you know, the infield and pitching. Um, what do you think your contribution was bigger at in the infield defensively or on the bump? Probably on the bump. Uh, I felt like when I was on the mound in high school, it was the game was over as soon as I walked out of the clubhouse. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, 
obviously my glove was there, but like I said, I was smaller, so I didn't feel like I could change the game like in the blink of an eye hitting wise. So I feel like I was more dominant pitching. So do you think that's if you weren't pitching, do you think that really like diminishes or really eliminates the opportunity to win a state title? Uh I'm just trying to gauge like what is the level of talent on this high school team? Obviously, if you remove yeah. you from one one of those areas, it's going to take a hit. But were y'all good enough to go? We would have won it no matter what. I mean, it would have been close. It wouldn't have been a cakewalk through the playoffs. But uh, I think we might have gotten it done. We we had a really good high school team, and 5A was kind of slacking that year. Uh, but I think we could have still got it done. So when you make this journey and this run to that state title, um, take me through the season and and that game in particular. Um, what it, when you look back on it now, is that a big deal to you, or is it just kind of in the moment it was big? Now it was just kind of, you know, a day. Uh, no, I think it's bigger. I I think about it more now. I feel like than I did back then. Now that I've gotten a little older. Uh, as I've matured, but uh, it was actually really special because uh, I pitched game one, and then my high school coach brought me out uh, after six and two-thirds, and I got a standing ovation, walked a shortstop, tears rolling down my eye, and then game two is the next day. We win five to nothing, and we're celebrating, and I look over to the dugout, and my dad's walking on the field, and it's May, and he's usually in uh, – a major city right then and it, it, that was really special so probably one of the cooler uh state championship stories uh but yeah so i think about it all the time that's uh that's unbelievable i mean obviously there is a lot of sacrifice on on really everybody's part when you know your dad has a job or in, any family has a job where it takes one of the members out of the household so I can only imagine how special that day was that you you go into the day thinking, you know, I'm win or lose. I'm going to have to do this, you know, basically on, on my own or, you know, with the people that have always been there. And then all of a sudden you look up and bam, it's 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 got to be an emotional ride. Right. Oh, yeah. Like uh, my high school coach was hugging me and he said, look over there. And I looked over there and I just like fell to my knees, started crying and then walked over hugged him and he said uh i'm so proud of you uh you're doing you did something i've never done so That's yeah awesome. it was yeah it was awesome special moment you'll never forget i'm sure um so with the obviously you got skills you got talent you got you know the opportunity maybe that you know with the profession that your dad's in to have like looks and people see you um that maybe not every other player would get but at what point do colleges start going, hey, man, you know, Dustin, I, I think you need to start looking at coming here? Uh, yeah, Southern Miss called when I was in ninth grade, actually. And then Mississippi State jumped on me late uh, after I was already committed to Southern Miss, uh, Tulane. Um, Southeastern Nichols was on me from, from like, ninth grade, but – uh probably ninth grade. I know I've heard stories that people are on kids now in seventh grade or eighth grade, which is, I feel like it's kind of crazy, but 
Yeah, we um, you know, we had a guest, you know, last episode, and she talked about how, you know, you can't even drive a car, and you're having to decide, you know, on a school and where you're gonna spend not the next four years, but you got to go four years. And then those next yeah. four years is what you're, you're looking at. She was like, I wasn't mature enough to even um, make it home, you know, make my curfew on time, much less decide where I'm going to go to college. So, um, you know, I think you share a lot of the the sentiments that other high level athletes do. And the fact that it's, it's getting, it's not ridiculous. I guess it's, it's good to be, you know, wanted and it's nice to get acknowledged for your talents, but at some point, like, what are we doing? Are we going to offer, you know, if, if LeBron James was to have a, a, a son now, are we going to go ahead and offer that kid a, a full year <laughs> ride, you know, yeah. in the womb? Like it's, it's crazy, but. Well, Daniel, I think it, when we talk to these different guests, it's, it's all situational, right? Obviously travel ball plays a big role into it. What high school you go to? Cause you got guys like, I think about Doug Nikhazy who said he was offered going into his eighth grade year, but then you got guys like we had Ben Joyce who didn't have anybody even talk to him until the end of his senior year. So like, it just really all depends on circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely being in the right place at the right time. It's what other teams need. It's it's region. It's how you market yourself, how you put put yourself out there. Um, I guess for you, Dustin, was it, you know, you mentioned Nickel State. Obviously, your dad goes to Nickel State, so I can see the, uh, the, the reasoning for them. Um, Southern Miss, you know, your coach, Trey Sutton, was a former Golden Eagle, I'm sure was was there something to do with him and that relationship that that maybe helped push you in that direction? Uh, you know, I've been asked that a bunch. I mean, obviously he nagged me about it, but at the end of the day, me and him were close enough to where he wanted me to uh, to make the best decision for my family. And uh, I remember multiple times, like my dad wasn't there, so me and him sat down and we would put like the pros and cons of each college and. Uh, and uh, which which decision I was going to make. And obviously, picking Southern Miss was the best option. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he pushed me a little bit. But all, uh, my family being that close, coming to, being able to come and watch me was a big part of it. And, uh, yeah. What was there – I mean, obviously, you said you put together this pros and cons list. And, you know, Southern Miss, you know, based on those lists was the one for you. You know, you mentioned one of the reasons, the proximity to home. Um, but what was there one thing in particular or uh, just a bunch of little things where you were like, this is it. I'm going to Southern Miss. Uh, yeah, like uh, like I said, they, they were the first team to come and uh, show me show interest in me and offer me. So that, that really uh, meant something to me. And I, and I wanted to win, man. That's that's all I ever want to do is win. Uh and they have a great we have a great history of winning and uh obviously the last few years we've went we've made deep runs but uh it's uh I've, I've always wanted to win um and they were on me from the beginning so uh those two those three really stood out so i mean in hattiesburg you know we have guys you know talk about coming from california to mississippi and it's a culture shock but you just from right down the road so when you're going to school there obviously 
off off the diamond, so to speak. I mean, is there any kind of transition or is it, I mean, you're basically at home. Uh, it's a little different actually. Like, uh, in Laurel, it's, it's very small. It's, uh, we got one little Mexican restaurant that, that, that slam full every night. <laughs> uh, but in Hattiesburg, we got, we got restaurants that'll, that'll run you, uh, to a hundred dollars. So, uh, it's a little different, but I've also traveled for my entire life. So it's not that I can, I can adjust pretty well. But uh, I've actually grown to love Hattiesburg a lot, a lot more than Laurel. But uh, it's a little different, yeah. Yeah. So we're obviously going to break down, you know, the seasons. But I wanted to lead off the the title of this episode is is No Games Off, and you know, including this year. Now you've played and started in 140 all 147 games in your time in Southern Miss. Just how much pride do you take in that? Yeah, that's. Uh... I forgot who I was telling the other day, but I told him uh, the best ability is availability. Uh, that's what I've always wanted to be known as, someone that's out there every day. Like, uh, actually, yesterday we played UNO, and I woke up and I had a, a fever, and uh, I felt like crap, oh, man, and I, I missed BP. I went and uh, got a steroid shot right before the game, missed BP, uh, went out there and played and then in like the sixth inning we were up 12 to nothing and uh coach Barry walks up to me and he says you want out you want to come out and I said no that, that ain't me uh so I just I just stayed in and uh rested up today but yeah like uh I want I want to set uh I just want to play every game uh I wanted to do that since my freshman year and luckily I was blessed enough to to be in a, a lineup that early I mean, you just said something. I mean, you're a role model, whether you want to be or not, Dustin, because there are so many guys who, no matter what the sport is, um, they want to take days off. They feel like they need to take days off. And you're not that kind of guy, and you show what it's like to put your heart and effort into it, even when you're sick. Um, you want to be out there for your team. You want to you want to be able to do uh, what you can every single day. And so um, I admire that, and that's, a, that's an inspiration to the younger generation, no doubt. I mean, he he just had like a, a a solid, you know, two for four day, three runs scored, two RBIs, no no big deal, two hits. I mean, he needed a home run for it to be Jordan's blue game, but it was I mean, he was hot. He was hot, literally. <laughs> I hit the wall. I hit the wall. Ah, uh, needed the wind blowing out. <laughs> yeah, I needed that. So freshman season, only sixteen games. Obviously, COVID shortened season. Instead of focusing on on the negative of the season getting court, uh, cut short, you know you're able to get your feet wet, learn some things. What did you take away just from getting to do those sixteen games? Uh, I, I took away that it was a whole new level. That's what I took away. Uh, went into COVID and uh, got in the weight room and I busted my butt. And uh, you know, luckily I was. Uh, blessed enough to walk into my freshman year uh, with Matthew Gidry. He was our second baseman. He's been there for five years, and he, he really took me under his wing and, and showed me what it was like to be a Division One baseball player. So uh, I realized that, like I said, I, I want to play every day, and I, I realized what I had to do to do that and, uh, and what I had to do to be successful at, at doing that. Yeah, no doubt. And shout out to him because I, I love hearing those stories when, when guys, you know, the iron sharpens iron. Um, it's only going to make the team better. So, 
Sophomore year, started all 61 games at shortstop, and uh, which you batted 279. Finished the year with a season-best nine-game hitting streak in which you batted 364 with three doubles, home run, and six RBI. So it seems like you really started to figure things out going towards the end of the year. You know, what changed? Was it was it something in your approach, or was it just, you know, mental? What, what was it? Uh, yeah, uh, I used to check video early out early on in the year, and it would look like I was right on the ball, but I would be a tick under it. So uh, I would talk to my dad and ask him what he thought. And he was like, uh, why don't you tell yourself to swing down? If you're going to miss under it, why don't you swing down and try to try to backspin it? And uh, literally ever since then, it's it's changed dramatically. And uh, I've backspun the balls better than I ever have since then. And it's got me on plane earlier, like all the new terms. But uh, I think that that right there changed everything. Yeah, no doubt. And so, you know, defensively, you had eight errors on the season at shortstop in 61 games, like I said. Um, you know, obviously that's not that bad, but I know when we talk to talk to you guys of this caliber, um, is eight something that bothered you and something that you really wanted to focus on? For sure. Uh, I, lo- I went back and looked at them, and I would be like, man, this one right here was just dumb, just a lack of focus. And then I'd go down and then I'd see another game with an error and I'd be like, man, that was even dumber. And uh, I was like, if I would have just caught the ball and, and played catch uh, locked in, then I would have had one or two errors. Like uh, it was just not being focused all the way. And uh, that's, some, that's something else that I've uh, tried to get better at is staying locked in throughout the whole game. You feel like the scorekeeper hosed you on any of them? <laughs> Probably so. I think so. <laughs> I just know it's something about shortstops, Randy. Anytime we talk to the shortstops, they could hit two home runs in the game, but if they have an error, they're still pissed off after the game. Yeah, I mean, as a middle infielder, you you can't, right? I mean, you're the you're the anchor. What who was the we had a Tennessee, the shortstop, the softball player, and she said that she had like five errors, but this year the year after she wins a thousand, and then she said, and I think our own home scorekeeper hosed me on a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe you, girl. The reason I said the two home run thing, it was Jacob Gonzalez. It was I talked to him after the game. Uh, I forgot who they were playing, but he hit two home runs and he looked like his dog died. And I was like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "That error yeah. was inexcusable." And I was like, "Bro, you just hit two bombs and your team won." <laughs> Yo, but when you are elite with your with the leather like Dustin and and Gonzalez, yeah, it's gonna eat you up. Yeah, man. I mean, check check just check this out. Something all speed behind it. Ground ball left side. Oh, stabbed it short by Dickerson across the diamond. Oh, what a play. He got him. Oh, man. Man, that's like, as good as I've seen this year. I like that commentator. He's fiery. I mean, when you, when you get, I didn't see talking, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's all audio. I mean, you don't have oh. to see it. You, you, you feel it. Like you can feel the passion that that guy's bringing. Like you don't even have to see the play, and you know that it's an amazing play. But you know that's just kind of validation to what we're saying. Like you take pride in being a great defender. Yeah, uh, I definitely do. So the game that uh, really stood out to me, because especially in postseason, um, you you know you talked about being a smaller guy and. Um, obviously you put in the time in the weight room, you got bigger. And so in the postseason, you were able to uh homer and had and scored a season high three runs and a win over Southeast uh Missouri, uh, you know, in the regional. What was that game like and be able to have that kind of game in that kind of uh, you know, situation? Oh uh, yeah, it was uh the regional at Ole Miss. Uh 
hit I hit a homer, and then I know my next to bat, I actually hit one to the warning track. So I was like, I don't know where I get all this juice from, but I like it. Uh, but yeah, it was awesome. I think that's uh, a couple of weeks after I had that talk with my dad, and that's when I, I finally kept uh, got my bat rolling. So you know, being that going to Oxford isn't that far from Hattiesburg, you know, how good a showing did you have from your fan base for that regional? Oh, it was amazing. Like, uh, everywhere, I thought it was Pete Taylor North. Nice. So, uh, you know, obviously that uh, that ended up ending. Obviously, you lost in regionals, unfortunately. Um, but y'all had a lot of talent coming back. And, and this past season, y'all had a lot to look forward to. A team ended up going 47-19, and 19, obviously hosted the Super Regionals. Um, you took it up another notch, riding that hot streak. I feel like if you look at how your season ended and then you look at your stats going into the next year, um, I mean, it, it was a carryover. Um, you know, you batted 320 to go along with 24 doubles and 32 RBIs. Um, so was that something – do you feel like that was? Obviously, you put in the work in the offseason, but you ended the last season hot, started the next season off hot. It was a, kind of a carryover. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, I think it started like uh, – first week of inner squads I think uh I was locked into that approach that uh, me and my dad talked about and it carried on uh all throughout the season and uh I'm I'm really blessed for it so as far as team you know uh we we talk about we don't just interview the guys we we discussed college baseball last year and you know for the first half of the season Southern Miss wasn't really getting the respect they deserved um and I know you guys have to see that did that give you all a little extra chip on the shoulder yeah, a little bit, but uh, at the end of the year, you know, if, if you take care of business, uh, you'll get the respect you deserve. And uh, at the end of the day, the the, uh, the end goal is to be the last team standing. So uh, no matter how much respect you get, uh, if, if, if you take care of business, you'll find your way there. Yeah, no doubt. So gauging the kind of guy you are and the way that this episode's kind of gone, I have a I have a feeling you'll know the answer to this question. I don't even have – like, I didn't have the answer. I've kind of formed it into a question. I was going to say something about you hitting safely in 23 or 24 straight games. Um, do you remember the game that you didn't just because you were in such a such a groove? Oh, if you could have gave me, a, uh, a, like, a little text earlier on in the day, I bet I could have remembered, but it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, but nonetheless, man, 23 of 24 games you hit safely, man. What what a streak. Uh, I figured just because of the kind of guy you are, you probably remembered that game and probably probably pissed you off. You were like, I was yeah. I'm going to find out later. I'm going to just randomly think about it. It's going to piss me off. So. <laughs> it's all good. So you guys host a regional in Hattiesburg. I obviously mentioned, you know, you send my team home. Um, you know, I got to say, Dustin, boy, Hattiesburg for that regional – you're playing on the field. I'm just watching. Dude, it was hotter than hell there. Did it feel that way for you on the field? Oh, my Lord. I, it was it was miserable. Yeah, so, like, there, there's nothing worse than, like, man, being – I ended up standing and standing at the fence and watching. I couldn't sit next to anybody. I was sticky. It's what I was like, man, baseball's supposed to be enjoyable. I was like, I can't do this. And I'm surrounded by Southern Miss fans. Couldn't have it. But, um, you know, I want to ask you, you know, Obviously, your backs were against the wall. Um, Must-win situation. Have to beat LSU back-to-back games. What I want to know is what Coach Barry's message was to you guys in that moment. Uh, you know, uh, it started when uh, they had that comeback win and, and uh, the 
I don't know what day it was, Saturday, Saturday night. They mm-hmm. came back in the ninth. I mean, that, sh- that, that hurt. That one, that one did. Uh, we were one inning or three outs away or whatever from, from being in the driver's seat. But uh, when they punched us like that, uh, we, we had no choice but to wake up. And we knew our crowd was going to be there. Uh, and it was our, it was our regional. So, uh, we, we had no, no other choice. He said, uh, you can't win them all if you don't win this first one tomorrow against Kennesaw State. So, uh, and they took us to the wire. I think we walked them off in the 10th or ninth. And then, uh, I know, uh, Justin Storm saved us, uh, saved our bullpen and everything. I think he pitched like four and a third or five and a third, uh, that Sunday night to go to, to go to Monday. Yeah, I mean, y'all were given. We we talked to guys about the the regional draws they get. I mean, Kennesaw State. We had uh, actually had Josh Hatcher and Tyler Simon on as guests, and then obviously we know LSU. And so, man, and even Army wasn't an easy out. Y'all y'all got one hell of a regional draw um, in there. So um, for y'all to come out on top and and like like you said, you know, you lost that game to LSU. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, not just me as an LSU fan, but a lot of people thought, you know, y'all weren't going to be able to beat LSU two times in a row. Obviously, y'all don't believe that, but that's what most people believe. So y'all to overcome that adversity, overcome such a hard regional, um, obviously punch your ticket to super regionals. Um, so how excited were y'all? Obviously, it did not go uh, the way you wanted, but regardless of the outcome, how excited were y'all that it was Ole Miss of all teams coming to your house after the previous year you had to go to their house? Uh, yeah, like uh, we found that out, and we were we were super super pumped. I know about half the team hates flying, so so when we found out we were staying at the crib. We were we were we were pumped. Uh, obviously, it didn't end near as how we wanted it to, but uh, we 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 thought we had a great chance of going against a team we 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 knew very well from the past year and playing them two times during the year. Uh, but yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, it's just I mean, if you look at it and throughout the entire season, you are the better team, and and everybody knows the story. It's beating like a dead horse, but they uh, they just got hot, man, and it's just one of those things that that happened, and and y'all ran into you know a wrecking ball, but you know. Y'all start this season, obviously, and once again, a lot of guys are turning back high expectations um, from a lot of people. Y'all are now no longer under the radar. People are expecting big things from Southern Miss. Um, y'all start by sweeping Liberty and then taking care of business last night against New Orleans. Um, you know, you're batting 333 out the gate, no surprise. But tell our listeners about the, uh, you know, first tell us about your pitching staff, man, because that's what a lot of people talk about. And then give us some hitters that people need to have on everyone's radar. Uh, yeah, I know the pitching staff uh, took a hit from last year. We lost about nine guys to the draft. So uh, that was the big question. We knew we had the whole lineup coming back. Uh, the pitching the pitching staff was uh, was the question, but everybody knows our pitching coach is going to handle his. Uh, so they, they've been outstanding. I think we got the best ERA in the country right now. Uh, so it's it's it makes us be able to hit a lot easier too when you know you don't have to score but one run. Uh, I know we got we got our ace Tanner Hall from from Baton Rouge. Uh, uh, he's a beast, man. I can't say enough about him. That's my boy. Uh, and then I Matt can't Adams say enough is, about I can't say enough about a guy from Baton Rouge going to Southern Miss. Mm, it makes that makes a lot of sense. But uh, <laughs> and then uh, I mean Matt Adams. I grew. Uh, he was a freshman with me. He's my class, and he's uh, 
matured uh, weekend starter, and he's going to be great for us. Then we got Nico Maza, who's who's a beast, man. He's up to 95, 96 on Sunday. So you might uh, – you lose game Friday and Saturday to us. You're like, man, maybe there's some that guy ain't worth, more, worth anything, and then you got 95 coming at you. But, uh, I mean, our lineup has got everybody. It's got uh, Tato, Sarge, reshoeing. We got uh, Blake Johnson's been raking. Man, but uh, I know Matthew Etzel's getting a lot of credit out there, but I think he deserves a little more. That, that boy, the real deal. Well, you guys, it, it seems like you're, you're poised to make another run. But, you know, obviously this year, you know, you got two more mid, midweek games like you did last year against Ole Miss. Um, obviously, you know, them coming off a national championship win, um, the target is on their back by everybody. But what does it mean to Southern Miss when they play teams like Ole Miss and Mississippi State? Yeah, we just look at it as another game, man. Uh, obviously, the stakes couldn't have been any higher last year when we had them in a Super Regional. So, uh, obviously, we want to get them back a little bit uh, for, Dustin, for taking care you, of You're not going to sit here and lie to me. <laughs> that That game ain't just another game. I know for Man. a fact y'all got it marked on the calendar. That's a game. That's payback. That's redemption. Like it. It ain't. It ain't gonna be a staff game. Y'all gonna go. Y'all gonna try <laughs> to win that. Hey, I'll bet money we got. We got a bunch of different guys. They they gonna throw their guys at us because they know what we got coming. Hey. But uh, it's a uh, yeah. Obviously, we want to take care of them, man. Uh, we want to. We want to beat them more than anyone. They put us out two years in a row, and I'm telling you, I don't, I don't really like them. Now some truths <laughs> coming out. Yeah, yeah, but you know, look, looking at you know the game as a whole, like does does coach make it like a big deal, or do any of the players make it a big deal, or or is it truly business as usual? It's it's whoever shows up on you know the visitor dugout or on the other side of that field that that's that's the task at hand that's who's in front of us yeah it's the coaches don't say anything different uh maybe some younger players maybe think it's a big deal that we're playing Ole Miss and SEC school or Mississippi State and then obviously the media will be interviewing us all throughout the week asking asking if we're all wanting to beat them for putting us out the past two years and and looking for a headline to make but uh man the the pregame meeting's the same as each game he just tells us uh he tells us every game, don't don't play the opponent, play the game. And if you play the game, then uh you'll you'll come out on top a lot. Those are, are, are wise, wise words. So um what happens when DBU comes to town? Dallas Baptist, I mean, obviously a different uh we know what, what they're capable of. We know like their level of success over the, the, the past um probably 10 years now not the clout that an sec team coming in would have but definitely a, a dangerous team a team that is good a team that you you want to win um but y'all ready for that y'all ready for the smoke that that dbu is gonna bring because let, let me tell you dustin they gonna bring it i know they bring it they they swept us last year hey y'all gotta be ready for them that's all i'm gonna say yeah. Yeah, we're going to be ready for them. Uh, shoot, I told them last year after we got swept on the road trip back, I said, hey, we just got beat by the national champions. 
It's the best team I ever played. They were that good. Yeah, they were that good. And then I then they didn't even have a good year. I said, man, that's something going on. They that's were it. down, man. They were that, down. We let yeah. we let DB here know about it too because he likes yeah. to root for them boys. I know they they were on me every week, every week. But I mean, you that actually sparks a good question, man. Like when you look back on last season, and you know you you mentioned DBU, but is is there a team that you played and you're like, that's the best team that we played all season, regardless of their outcome in the year? Like, who was the best team that you guys played last last year? I'm tough. DBU. DBU? I'm you, man. Stand by. Guy, their Friday guy, we played him, and we went back to the hotel, and we thought he was a first overall pick. <laughs> right. yeah, they got up for they, that though you think they got up for playing southern miss i mean they tend to get up playing the bigger yeah. schools i'm not yeah. southern miss isn't an sec school but they're a really storied baseball you yeah. know program of course yeah i mean i don't know what went on i know uh i know we got a transfer from dbu from last year this year and he said uh they were pumped to play us obviously with uh our history yo so like he like this dude like they swept y'all, and then he's like, "You know what? If I went over there, yeah, I don't know what I, I don't know what he was thinking." Well, he, here's what I'm thinking: Illinois, you, you took care of business against uh, against New Orleans last last night, but you got Illinois on the horizon. Obviously, they're coming off a, a really really rough time against Wake Forest. I, I don't know, man, if you know about Wake Forest, but they're pretty damn good. And they, Shoot, I see him all over social media. Yeah. What's his name with the long hair that can pitch? They uh, all are red louder uh, though. Uh, so uh, yeah. They they can hit too. Da- Daniel, what's Ranked wild force. is I, I, it was why yeah, that's what I say. What's wild is we, you know, we had Brock Wilkin on here, Dustin. I've been sitting there bragging about his home run total, and then I realized that the most in the nation is actually his teammate. I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, they, they got three dudes with four or more. Like, come on. Yep. Yeah, they legit. So obviously Illinois is is trying to get back on track. You're you're going to get their best effort. Um, you know, what's the what's the message going into the weekend? Is it is it all always the same? Just control what you can control. You know, play play the game, not the opponent, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, for sure he's going to say the same stuff like he always does. But uh, I mean, shoot, I hope we we take two or three or sweep and then they go win every game for the rest of the season, help our RPI. <laughs> uh, Keeping it real. There you yeah, go. I, I'm a, I hate them for this week, but after this week, I'm going to be a big fan. Well, well, guess what? Now on this podcast, you get to play the game, not the opponent. Yeah, okay. man. We're going to get you into it. You're, you're off the hot seat, man. We're not going to talk about baseball for another couple minutes. <laughs> so this this game is really simple, Dustin. We play it every week with every guest. It's called This or That. And I'm going to go through a series of questions. I'm going to give you two options, Dustin. And here are the rules. You cannot say neither, and you cannot say both, man. You down? All right, let's roll. Let's roll. All right, first one's going to be easy, man. Chicken or beef? Chicken chicken that's the right answer even you know i had some steak tonight ain't a lime big steak guy but if i had to pick i'm probably going chicken i mean yeah. I, I saw i saw dustin on social media with his canes chicken he <laughs> he's gotta say chicken right he's i gotta say basket. chicken yeah. you know that's very true so you mentioned earlier that there's some restaurants in hattiesburg that run you up to 100 what's your favorite spot 
No free no, shout outs. I'm going to have to say Sully's. Uh, if I want to go run my checkup, I'm going to go to Sully's to get a ribeye. But okay. I'm, I, I, I eat chicken about six, yeah, you, six days a week. See, you said your favorite place, and it was it was beef, not chicken. <laughs> I, I got you. But I'm hey. the same as you, though. I'm the same as you. I would prefer chicken more than I want beef. Randy, you tricked him into that, man. You dirty yeah. as hell. You know, you learn something when you get older. You don't get older by well, being dumb. I'm not going to go to Sully's and get a, a $15 piece of chicken. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Like, I could do chicken at the crib, but, like, I don't want to yeah. go and have you make my chicken. <laughs> All right, so the, this is uh, you, we kind of talked about this already. Would which is bigger, or or which would you rather play, Ole Miss or Mississippi State? Ole Miss. That we'll leave it at that. All right, next question: Beach or lake? Lake. Really? Yeah. If you're going to the lake down in Laurel Hattiesburg, what's the lake? Cane Break Lake. Cane Go Break. Get on a boat. Lake. Jet ski. Chill. I don't. I don't really like all the sand, the hot sand in the summer. I like sitting by a pool or being on the water on a boat or something. Okay, I can dig it. I can dig it. All right, we're gonna get into some uh, into the meat here. Gold jerseys or pinstripes? Pinstripes. That's your favorite one. Period. Bar none. Period. That's my favorite one. Friday night pinstripes. Traditional. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. I don't know. I like the one that uh, that I was going to tell you to put up against it, Randy. I like the black with the stars and stripes. Oh, yeah. that's that's my number two. Yeah, that's a, that was the next one. Winner against uh, black with stars and stripes. You know, I think that you answered the question. You pin stripes first, then stars and stripes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. We talked about this a little in our opening, but if you could pick any concert or any sporting event, which would you pick? Oof, probably a little baby concert over any sporting event in the world. I see, you know what? Your dad coaching the major leagues, he done coaching a world series. Like, that doesn't yeah, really I went to the world series. Yeah, yeah that's like, what I'm I, saying. I, so, like, this, I think you cheated here. Yeah, so, no. the question is, I don't know. Go ahead. Maybe going to a Super Bowl might be legit. My question would be uh, since you said little baby so quick, the people always have an idea where they want to go see them at. Where would you want to go see little baby at? Miami. Laurel, oh, yeah. Mississippi. <laughs> Laurel, Mississippi. <laughs> probably Miami or probably somewhere in California. Yeah, no no doubt, no doubt. All right, man, now we're going to get into something that's going to have a little fun with. Would you rather be attacked by a grizzly bear or a tiger? Uh, I mean... Like you want me to survive this? You ain't Which surviving you either. You know, I mean, you know. surviving neither. You want me to give what I think Wait, I'll survive? Well, I don't, I don't know. Christian Christian Scott told us he was going to outrun a grizzly bear, which is funny as That's hell because they saying. run thirty they run thirty five miles an hour, so that ain't happening still. <laughs> I had I to tell C. Like Scott could, he ain't doing it, man. I mean, I guess a grizzly bear. You know, I asked this question actually the other day at, at my office, and your guy gave me a really good answer. He said, I would rather get attacked by a tiger because I probably won't see it coming, and it'll end really quickly. Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's probably true. I do want to die quickly. I don't want the bear to, like, paw me, maul yeah. me. And that's then, like, ironic, <laughs> Randy, because that's the exact reason why me and Daniel don't want to be attacked by the tiger. We don't want that stealth shit. Like, I want to see it coming. Uh -huh. I want to know that I can put up a fight of some sort. Well, that's gonna that's futile, but okay. Go ahead, boys. I want it to end quickly. I don't. I don't want to be dro drooped in a grizzly's bear grizzly bear mouth. 
just hanging there going, what, what are we going to do here, man? You you going to finish this or? Oh, no. You, you would, oh, you would play dead, bro? That's what Blake Burke said he'd do. <laughs> Blake Burke is the size of a grizzly bear. There's a difference. I wouldn't. I, I don't know how much of a choice I would have. Would you rather betray your best friend, like I'm talking homie till you die, or go to jail for a crime you did not commit? And this ain't an overnighter, Dustin, either. He, he's he's rubbing that forehead. He's We're adjusting. talking three to five, though. Hey, I can't, I can't betray my boy. He's well, the first one. Everybody else is putting a knife in the back. Dustin, these right. are maybe they'll come. Days. Maybe they'll come bail me out. They gonna put something on the books. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, know, these man. these are my boys. You're looking at right now, bro. I'm singing like a song, bro. I'm snitching. I don't even care if they did it. I'm snitching. <laughs> and then last week, you know, Jim had a – it was actually maybe Monday. He said, you know what? You guys got the kids a little younger. DB said, I don't care about their kids. Yeah, no. <laughs> so that's what. That's how good of friends we are. We all went to high school together, man. Me and Daniel went to kindergarten together. And my man said, nope. Sorry. Sorry, okay. bro. You I, said – you the one said you wouldn't do three minutes in jail for me. That's messed up. I wouldn't do – I would not even walk into the jail. Justin, wouldn't even like I had to go to the jail because a customer of mine. I asked, "Can we meet outside?" I don't. There's nothing in there. He said, uh, "Excuse me, uh, Mr. Jowers, can you just come to the foyer?" Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. Is, D the is DB the in there? The breezeway. <laughs> yeah. nope. No doubt. All right, man. So you ain't gonna betray the homie. You going to? You doing to do the hard time? I'm gonna do the hard time for my dog. Man, oh man, that's, that's a homie right there. I'm, you know what? We're gonna find out what kind of homie he is. I'm gonna bring back a throwback question from all the way from season one, Dustin. If you could be the number one overall pick in the MLB draft, but you had to drop your friends, or you'd be the last pick in the draft, but you could keep your friends, which one are you doing? Last pick. Liar. <laughs> Liar. No, I'm gonna get. I, I'm gonna be with big leagues anyway, so I'm gonna get my money. That's what I was gonna say. I think we got to take that part out because. Now he's in the big leagues, you know what I'm saying? Pops names out there. What if he gets to play for the Phillies? But I mean, Daniel always sudden, says it. That's an eight to ten million dollar difference, my guy. It is, but look, he's gonna have the same thing. He said, I'm gonna be a dog, I'm gonna get my shot, and if I do my job, I'm gonna get the respect I deserve. And then I'm gonna have that eight million. Well give me my ten. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm definitely turning y'all in and not going to jail. I'm definitely taking the first pick and dropping y'all's ass and everything else in between. Look. Wouldn't spend three seconds in jail, and I would not, I would not lose one dollar, not one dollar. <laughs> Actually, one I would go to jail. Hair. I would go to jail long before I would lose any money. Man, that's actually a good question. <laughs> Forming it up for next week. Next week's guest yeah. got it coming. All right, you're off the hot seat, Dustin. Hey, you know what? And it'll be Tommy yeah. Troy from Stanford. Aren't they supposed to be educated out there at Stanford? Well, he'll think about it. Nah, I mean, we, we've had some smart dudes on this show, man. I'm, I'm interested to see if Stanford's going to live up to their name. But, Dustin, man, anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? Uh, No, I'm, I'm good. I did my part. Well, you know, I, I had a feeling you were going to say that, so I, I got you covered. If y'all want to know what Dustin does on a Wednesday night, maybe he's on a podcast, maybe he's gaming, maybe he's just chilling at Cane's eating some chicken. Who knows? <laughs> Go on over to Instagram, search at Dustin Dickerson, 
Or yeah. if you want to catch him and the Golden Eagles in action, you want to see what they're doing and, and just keep tabs on the Southern Miss baseball team, check out Southern Miss BSB, and you'll get all the updates from the baseball team there. Dustin, man, we wish you a great season, a healthy season, and nothing but the best, man. If there's anything we can do for you along the way, please reach out to us. Man, I appreciate y'all. I had a blast with y'all. Absolutely. That's Dustin Dickerson, everybody. If you like hearing Dustin's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, likes, love, hugs, hearts, all that good stuff is always welcome. But guys, next week, we are traveling out west. For the first time, we're going to have a Pac-12 school. We're going to be talking to Tommy Troy of Stanford baseball. It's, it's going to be exciting times here on the podcast. Can't wait to see everybody next week. This has been the end off the bench podcast. As always, remember strong body, sharp minds, great and grind all the time. We're out.